Welcome to the Meditation Conversation. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin, and today I'm joined by Divneet Kaur Lal. She is joining in New Delhi, and she's a consciousness expert who discovered the law of unification, which empowers people to manifest new creations for the world and have a conscious life of purpose. She's the author of Mastering Creation Using the Law of Unification. So welcome, Divneet. What a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you so much, Kara, for having me. So I'm really excited to talk about this law of unification, um, but I wanted to start with your background and how you came into the field of researching consciousness. Right, right. All right, so... Um, uh, let us start with because it's been uh, it's been since I was a child uh, I'm quite attracted to I was quite attracted to spiritual books and texts and uh, I have spent like almost two decades studying consciousness development self mastery and all because of the reason that I was attracted to these books and um, I was also fond of uh, practicing meditation so uh, it was like. I was more interested in what is happening behind the scenes and wanted to know the truth of creation. So everything carried out normally in my life and uh, I worked, I earned, and I balanced everything with my meditation practices. But there was this desire to know the truth of creation or like what is happening behind the scenes or what is that which we cannot see. So while I was living this normal life, I tried to ignore this desire and I tried to put it on a backseat. Like I, I started focusing on the material world, but soon I became aware that uh, this desire was growing, like uh, it was getting stronger. So I had to give some attention to it. And therefore I started st uh, spending more time in solitude. I did some self-inquiry as well. And uh, I had like, uh, what happened then was that uh, while I was med meditating, uh, the meditation practices, they, they kind of stopped working. Like I was trying to like force stillness from the outside and it felt like it was already there. It was like, uh, I mean, it was present there. So I, I knew at that time, like I tapped into something, some kind of source, like which is, which provides you everything. And uh, now this, this source is what I call the idea mind. And uh, this is how I introduced the theory of creation and the law of unification in the book, Mastering Creation Using the Law of Unification. So my research was based upon this. And because I had this experience, uh, I had this experience which was very, uh, it came out of nowhere. And because I never, uh, I practice, I, you know, when you are studying that, when you are studying spiritual text and, or when you are getting that kind of knowledge, we are not aware of what we are going to get in the end. We just want something. And when you actually get that thing, or when you actually tap into that thing, it's, you cannot even compare it with the words, uh, which you, what you were reading. Mm. So it's like just incomparable. I mean, uh, the words just cannot justify what it all is. I mean, we try to say it, uh, it's that, or uh, 
this is something beyond this but how can you how can you experience how can you know it until you experience it mm. and now this desire which was there to know the truth of creation it turned into something else as if that that idea mind what i call the idea mind it was just kind of you know forcing me to uh, or putting ideas into my mind to do this thing to like create this thing to uh, research or to search for this i mean i don't know something just got into me and i started putting all my time into researching about this and then i actually came upon uh, this theory of creation this formula of creation it was present in every text every ancient mythology it was present in the characters of ancient mythology and then i even found that the similar kind of thing was also present in uh, how geniuses or inventors uh, stumble upon their innovations or they create great creations for the world so it was the same formula of creation which was present uh, which which was underlying everything and this is how i uh, presented the theory in the book so that's really fascinating was it was it one meditation mm-hmm. where you had this kind of idea mind and you had this sort of um experience of unity unification or was it that your your meditation practice built to that mm-hmm. point and then you were continuously engaging with that because i i know right, that right. you know meditation practices we might have like an amazing experience that that is you know um transcendental and and hugely profound um but oftentimes you know or it's not like uh right. something that you attain quote exactly. unquote over and over right so I'll, i'll share with you what actually happened was i mean in detail now now that you have asked me so um the meditation so meditation practice uh, stopped working so when it kind of stopped working so there was this uh, it was this stillness and with this stillness something just went away like what i felt was something just went away it was kind kind of uh, the person went away like mm-hmm. the, i mean i was meditating so earlier i was meditating but then what happened was i was not there i mean when you are meditating and when the person goes away who is there to meditate so there was no one to meditate and it was all it was all kind of blank you can say it was like emptiness mm-hmm. and that emptiness brought in the stillness but it it did not happen in one day that stabilization which happens you know which we usually talk about it did not happen in one day uh, with that emptiness it took some days some time and when uh, when the with that emptiness it was all blank it was more on a uh, on a darker side but then slowly and gradually as the days passed as uh, you know months passed the brightness started increasing so it was like slowly there is brightness is coming in mm-hmm. but yeah this thing st- stabilized in a while i mean it was I, i i would not say that it was an experience because it's already it, it's like now always there mm-hmm. but now it's not as profound as it uh, uh, as it like because when you just 
come into that thing immediately when something you you just lose that person it's very uh, very very it, it looks like it's very in comparison to the life you are living and in comparison what you you are building you are building your career you are uh, building your career on material things and immediately the person is no more there the one who is building so what you experience is like very stark in comparison so it's very disorienting as well mm. uh, but now that everything once this once things stabilize uh, it doesn't even look like you have i mean it doesn't even look like an experience anymore so even if i call it an experience it's like it's like nothing it, it's 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 all, it was always there and the thing was always there maybe just something just uh, took away yeah, like maybe i was wearing i i was wearing some kind of sunglasses and i just removed okay. them and this is what i yeah came upon that's beautiful and so I'm curious if there was a knock-on effect in your personal life, you know, if when you weren't meditating, things that um, used to be meaningful for you lost their meaning. So you mentioned um, that, you know, you were living quite a traditional life before that where, you know, you were on the, you know, earning an income um, kind of doing the normal, more mainstream things. Um, and mm-hmm. then I can imagine that you then had this sort of like where the person dissolved. Um, what did that mean for you outside of your meditation time? Were there changes that accompanied that? Right. Now, I think what helped me was uh, that I was already reading these things. So I was... I knew a little bit. I mean, if I was not doing that, it was if I was totally into the material world, or maybe if I had no knowledge about that, like what what is meditation, or maybe what is beyond things, I would have actually, I would have gone insane. I mean, maybe because when you when you don't have any idea what is happening with you, because it's very very, when you lose yourself, when you lose to so the person who is who is taking care of your life, the one. So like if I, I I plan my life, suppose, for example, we usually do that. People do that. We plan our lives, right? Mm-hmm. We plan like this is what we are going to do. And this is what we have to do in future. And when, when that person who is planning your life is no more there, now what happens? What is left there? So that's very... It just, it's very disorienting. Again, mm-hmm. I'm using the same word because you do not know where to go. But then, yes, uh, it's disorienting for a while until you get to know what you are here for. Maybe because there is a purpose. We always have a purpose here. I, I say that we have this individual dharma, which we all have to follow. Mm-hmm. And maybe these things are necessary because we all, we all deviate from that path because of so much so many influences outside because of because everyone is doing that we do that too right because mm-hmm. we just follow the crowd so everyone is living the traditional life we are going to do that too now i i uh, i had this interest in uh, in the in texts in spiritual texts in meditation practices but i never followed that uh, thing but i never did that so maybe the consciousness wanted me to do something and it kind of just 
you know, took the person away who was doing everything just to make sure that uh, I'm able to do what I have to do. Mm. So that is how I can, yeah, I can interpret it. Okay, great. Thank you. So can you talk a little bit about um, the formula? Because I read that you gather diverse components of research to devise the formula of creation to unlock our highest potential. And you you alluded to this um, when we first began speaking. Um, and that it's really intriguing that, that you have been able to formulate um, based on all of this research. Can you talk a bit about the, the formula of creation? Yes, definitely. I would love to do that. Um, now, although, you know, uh, if I talk about the truth, we cannot put it in a formula. I mean, the truth is just beyond all that. We cannot mm-hmm. put it in the formula. But yeah, definitely we have paths which we can follow to reach that. Now, there are several paths out there, but and similarly, there are several formulas which we can follow or techniques, we can say, which mm-hmm. can guide us how to reach that place or how to go there. So now this law of unification uh, is actually based upon the, the creator gods and the creators. So all those creators who bring creations into the world, it can be anyone. It can be, uh, it can be someone who has invented something to evolve the planet, to take the world ahead. Or it can be someone, a simple person who is just adding to the, adding to the evolution of the consciousness of the planet. So all these are creators. Now, every person has a purpose here, an individual dharma. And if we talk about the dharma of the whole, like the whole planet or maybe the whole world, maybe the whole universe, it's always evolution. So we are all here to evolve. Consciousness evolves, we evolve. Even when we say we have reached the truth, that's, it's all about evolution. So our consciousness, as it, ha- it, has, it has evolved enough to reach a stage or it has reached a place where it's able to see, where it's able to perceive just from a place which is beyond all this. So now to follow our purpose and to follow this individual dharma, which is evolving, we need to first overcome the forces of the lower levels of consciousness. And these forces of lower levels of consciousness, they stop us from connecting with the higher consciousness. And I, because I, uh, again, use the word idea mind. Now, the idea mind is something which links the higher consciousness with the human mind. So idea mind is the provider. It provides everything the higher consciousness can provide to human beings so that human beings can follow their individual dharma, their higher purpose, their higher duty, which is ordained to them by the higher consciousness for the evolution of the beings and for the evolution of the planet. Now, if we can talk about these levels of consciousness, again, it's like, um, in simple words, if I have to explain what are these levels of consciousness, I would say that this is the awareness of one's thoughts, feelings, or actions. Now, more the awareness, higher the level of consciousness. 
So for example, if I'm aware, if I'm aware what I'm doing, I, I am on a specific level of consciousness, but if I'm not aware, that means my level of consciousness is quite, consciousness is quite low. Right, so um, yeah, so law of unification is when we, uh, when the idea mind unifies with the human mind in order to connect with higher consciousness. Now higher consciousness provides the ideas and human mind gives form to those ideas in the material world. And this is law of unification, but the formula is we have to rise, we have to overcome the forces of the lower levels of consciousness, and then we have to attain the unification of both the minds, and then comes the part of creation and evolution. And so this would presuppose that there are many people who have not yet linked up that idea mind with their human mind. It's there as a potential but the pathway isn't open yet. Is am I understanding that correctly? Uh, if I if I talk about the link, it's always there. Yes, you are understanding it very correctly. Uh, link is always there, but we are not able to tap into that. Like we just do not know where is the link. Mm -hmm. We are unable to connect with the idea mind. Like idea mind is there, but we are just not able to connect with it because it's like. The, lower, the forces from the lower levels of consciousness, they are drawing our consciousness towards them. Mm -hmm. So because, because our consciousness is drawn towards the consciousness of the lower levels of consciousness, we are unable to put our awareness or put our consciousness towards the idea mind or towards the higher consciousness. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... Um... Can you give some examples of, I assume, right. I assume that there are like practices or tools that come with, right, with right, this, right. where it's like how to start to connect or, or to deepen the connection with the idea mind. Yeah. So um, before we go there uh, with the tools and with, uh, you know, practices, uh, let me give you an example because you talked about an example and definitely yeah. require one to understand it more, you know, uh, in a better manner. So let us say, um, for example, um, how lower, I'll give you an example, how lower consciousness draws our attention and uh, we are deviated or our path of evolution is hindered or we are deviated from the path of following our individual dharma. Now, uh, let us say uh, we saw something on television, maybe, uh, maybe on social media and uh, something very beautiful. Uh, I usually give this example because it's an easy one to understand. I saw a beautiful car. Let us say I saw a beautiful car. Now, and I was quite attracted to that beautiful car. And then I saw people driving that car. Now my, now my mind is getting conditioned. Uh, if I'm not quite aware here, my mind will get conditioned. And I will want that car. And I'll start thinking that I have to get rich. And now I have to earn lots of money to attain that car. And this will ultimately become my life purpose. Mm. Although... I came here for a different purpose. I was not aware 
the lower levels of consciousness or the desires which came from the lower levels of consciousness grab my attention draw the drew my consciousness towards them and i was deviated from my individual dharma my individual my highest duty my purpose now these desires uh, which originate from lower levels of consciousness because of conditioning they influence me into taking the path that would not lead me to my evolution or to higher consciousness Mm-hmm. and following this wrong path i would not be able to attain fulfillment and this is because again i am not fulfilling my individual dharma so fulfillment is uh, fulfillment comes from fulfilling your individual dharma mm-hmm. and until or unless you fulfill your purpose you cannot you cannot uh, get fulfillment the reason we uh, you know we we attain everything sometimes we attain money sometimes we attain wealth and all the good things in life but still we feel unfulfilled is because we are not following our purpose because mm-hmm. we are not on the right path right there is also there is also this uh, uh, a verse in the uh, bhagavad gita the holy book of hindus and i have also mentioned it in my book so it's uh that is uh, it is better to strive in one's own dharma than to succeed in another's dharma right nothing is ever lost in following one's own dharma yes and dharma is nothing but our purpose i mean we have uh, we have used this word millions of times but what we have done is uh, we have uh, uh, we have used this word for for defining religion but actually dharma is it's the law it's like the highest law which the higher consciousness has created for mm-hmm. the benefit of the world for benefit of so that the world can operate in a good manner in a proper manner and the functioning is not hindered if we are if we are able to follow the dharma if we are able to follow our individual dharmas the the, the dharma of the whole will not be hindered instead of you know following all the other laws if we can follow this higher law everything would work smoothly everything would be fine and everyone will be joyful mm. um okay so that yeah and and that is really beautiful and insightful um and and i really agree that you know we're not going to be able to achieve any real fulfillment um when we're trying to appease our lower our lower selves um do you have like with the law of unification are there like practical tools to to help to break through that or is it more of a philosophical um kind of exercise or mental ex- exercise no no so so because uh, you know when you when you attain something and when it's so beautiful you want others to have it as well mm. and others cannot have it until or unless you provide them the tools or mm. the way to reach it mm-hmm. so definitely i'll i have the tools and even the book the mastering creation using the law of unification is a how to book so definitely there are tools and exercises there as well 
mm-hmm. uh, so that i would like because you know wh- what is uh, what is there if we are doing it alone it's i mean if you one person sees something and other people are not seeing it it's even then that one person will not be fulfilled because you know if i am able to see it other people are not able to see it and that that's also like um, a kind of unfulfillment in itself mm-hmm. i mean when you get it you want other people to get it as well right. then it is like you can uh, you can only be fulfilled in a, in a manner in a in a whole manner until uh, when you actually make everyone everyone see that thing when you which you have already seen right yeah so yeah so let's talk about the tools so um there are uh, there are a lot of things here we can so first of all i would like to give a little bit i would like to talk about these lower levels of uh, so the forces of lower levels of consciousness so in order to connect with the idea mind we have to first overcome the lower levels of consciousness that's the first step of the formula here mm-hmm. now what are the forces of lower levels of consciousness the forces are number one beliefs desires and attachments now again here not all beliefs come from lower levels of consciousness not all desires because there are higher desires and there are lower desires and we need to identify what are the desires that are coming from lower levels of consciousness and what are the desires that are coming from higher levels of consciousness as i give you an example here like i had when i saw something continuously on social media or people doing that and i felt that desire is my ultimate purpose but that desire was coming from it was generated inside me because i was not aware i was not able to discern here whether that desire is coming from lower level of consciousness or higher levels of consciousness so these are the things which we have to see again beliefs now beliefs come from lower levels of consciousness when they are formed uh, without any self inquiry for example again uh, i'm growing up and and i'm just uh, seeing what is happening around me what is happening in the environment and i'm learning that right and obviously uh, children question children do question but if you are not teaching them to question or if you are just you know putting things into their mind like this is how it happens and this is what we need to do again they will not inquire and if they'll not inquire they'll just grab whatever is coming into their lives and that will form that will form uh, the belief system it will again become the belief system for them Right. I and love you know, how you talk mm-hmm. about that as well as with the conditioning that you were mentioning before because so much of if we really step back, you know, for because a lot of this conditioning happens in childhood and you mentioned social media and so it is so so helpful to really go into this inquiry to be like is this even me? Is this even like genuinely from what i believe truly to be true and important or is has this been handed down to me from my parents and their parents or from society um media social media as you mentioned uh it's very powerful it's it's our conditioning is very powerful and when we do take the time 
to step away, it is surprising how many things we have just, how many beliefs we have just taken on that actually don't have bearing when, when we actually put self-reflection against exactly. it. Exactly. That's right. That's right. And these things are the ones uh, which vanish, you know, when mm. before even the person vanish, I think beliefs and uh, these, even the desires come afterwards, but beliefs, they like vanish like anything before the person even vanishes because they are, they're very, uh, they are the uppermost layer, you can say. And all we have to do is we just have to inquire. And once we start inquiring, we are going, we can get rid of, rid of these beliefs, which are like, which are not our beliefs or which are just uh, not true to who we are. Mm -hmm. So uh, the beliefs which come from lower levels of consciousness, the desires which can come from lower levels of consciousness, and the last one is attachments. Now, this is a bit difficult because, you know, we are all here and we are all attached to something or someone. And the world works like that. But again, uh, again, if we used uh, self-inquiry, and this is, uh, I would say, the difficult part of uh, this, uh, this formula, because attachments do not go easily. But yes, if we can question where these attachments are coming from, like they are coming from dependency, are we dependent on someone? Or are they coming from habit? We are attached to something. Suppose I have a habit of doing something and that's the reason I'm attached to that thing or maybe that person. Or if they are coming from a sense of security that I mean, uh, I am secure here. Mm -hmm. So these are the things which uh, which bound us or which because of which we are attached to things and people and they can go easily other attachments may take time or may they may belong to other level and they can only go away until or i mean uh, when you reach that uh, place but these are the basic ones mm -hmm. the attachments due to dependency the attachments due to our habits and the attachments due to the feeling of the security. These are the attachments which, which again come from lower levels of consciousness and which we can get rid of easily. Mm. Right? Yes. So, yeah, these are the forces. Now, we have only discussed forces here again. Yes. We have not discussed the tools. So, because we need to be aware about the forces in order to use the tools. Right. Uh, so, I'll, I'll share the I'll share the first step here now, how I did it or how I came across was, I, I think this works very well. We have, uh, we have not given this, nowadays we are not giving this a lot of importance. Earlier, I guess it, there were times when we used to give importance to willpower a lot. Mm -hmm. And there is a stage, there is, um, a stage on this path, on this path to reaching truth, which can be, which can be reached with the use of willpower. Not, you cannot reach the truth only through willpower. But yes, there is a stage with, which can be reached through the use of willpower. Now again, what is willpower? Now we have to, there are exercises to increase the willpower, 
there are exercises which we can do to slowly increase the willpower, which can again help us in overcoming the forces of lower levels of consciousness. So I'll, um, I'll just share a simple one here. Um, the first, so in, in my, even if you read the book, you will find the first one is meet commitments. So you can, we can also say it like, do what you say. Mm-hmm. Now practice it daily, whatever you tell someone, do it. Like, like if I tell a friend that I'm going to call him or her five, so I'm going, I should call him and her exactly at five. If I tell you, uh, if I tell myself that I'm going to eat an apple in the breakfast, I'll eat an apple in the breakfast. And gradually, when we'll keep practicing this every day, we'll start to notice that we have gained some control over our impulses. And over a period of time, we will be able to gain mastery over those impulses. And also, we can easily, so when we can control our impulses, we can also control this consciousness which is drawing towards the lower levels of consciousness so we can kind of stop it from getting drawn towards the lower levels of consciousness so this is a simple practice and it's not very difficult but you know we do not do that i mean if if we tell yeah if if we tell i'm going to eat apple uh, tomorrow morning i'm going to forget that tomorrow we don't do that we do not even commit to ourselves let aside other people Right. Yeah, this is important. This, this willpower or kind of a discipline, you know, and, and I love what you say about it's this willpower, you know, it can get you so far, it's got its place. Because there's also this element of surrender, too, where it's like, you can't push the river, you know, you have to, there is a certain amount of grace. And there's a certain amount of just relaxing into that surrender. Um, but that discipline is, especially when you're trying to overcome those lower tendencies and kind of come into empowerment and, and to not be like pulled along by life, pulled along by your habits and your conditioning and, and what you've always done. You know, if we keep repeating what we've always done, we're not going to notice any improvement. We'll just keep reinforcing all the thoughts and beliefs and behaviors that we have always lived with. And there's, there's no room for improvement with that. Um, so that's great. I love that practicality and, and how that not only, you know, that practically helps you to, like you said, um, help to overcome those tendencies um, and, it assists in um, building our integrity, which also is so important in just like formulating who we are. That integrity is so foundational as well. So that's beautiful. Right. And you know, when we like practice these things for a longer period of time, uh, we also see that um, we are able to like, the ability to discern, like to discern between the forces, we can see it also increases because now your consciousness is not consciousness is not drawn to other things. 
So because it's not drawn, your awareness increases. You your awareness, so you get you get that heightened level of awareness, and this is all it is. Uh, with the discernment, with the heightened level of awareness, we are able to discriminate. I mean, not in that sense, discriminate between the lower level of consciousness and the forces of the higher levels of consciousness, That's and those beautiful. things. Yes, and those things help us in rising, rising above those forces. So, one of the things that that I wanted to clarify is that there's a lot of use of the word creating in in your work, and you know, again, the title title of your book, mastering creation using the laws of unification, and. I, I associate like creative types, you know, there's kind of like creative types and quotations, um, which for me can trigger images of artists and writers. And you mentioned inventors and musicians, um, but everyone's always creating their own reality all of the time, even if they don't feel that they are creative. Um, so is this book relevant to everybody? Is it relevant to a business person, for instance, or to a parent, um, just as much as it would be to somebody who is more traditionally creative? Right, right. So um, so let's talk about, first of all, creators. I'll, I'll answer your question here. Now, this path of creation, so creating anything in this world, as you said, we are always creating our reality. This part of creation, when you are creating something in the material world, it's like a lower step. So if we are talking about the steps on this evolutionary ladder of consciousness, so creation, creation of anything, like, yes, the business owners are creating something, the innovators are creating something. So all these are steps on this evolutionary ladder of consciousness. Now, this book, the formula which uh, this book talks about uh, is actually based upon the creator gods. So the formula has been, uh, has been you know, kind of decoded from the motives of the creator gods. Because uh, if you have seen, if, do you, have you heard about Quetzal? Quetzal? So, no. Uh, no, okay. So Isis, so these are like creator oh, gods. Okay. Yeah, yes. Egyptian. Exactly. So Isis is Egyptian and uh, Quetzalcoatl is a Mesoamerican creator god. So these are like very old. They used to like uh, worship these gods. Mm -hmm. Now, these gods, uh, the motives of these gods, they were, they used this, uh, these symbols to depict the formula of creation. You know, in earlier times, mm -hmm. what people used to do was they, they used to worship them. But actually, the meaning of uh, those, if we can, you know, go deep and interpret those motives, we can actually get, we can actually see what they were talking about. Now, this Quetzalcoatl uh, and uh, Isis and even other religions, there are so many other motives as well, which talk about the same formula. And these motives are represented by, uh, by a combination of an eagle or a bird and then there is this reptile or a snake and the eagle or the bird is at the top and then reptile or the snake is at the bottom. And it's like reptile and the snake, it represents our material world. You can say the human mind and then that, uh, that 
bird or the eagle, it represents the higher world. And again, we can say the idea mind or you know, connection with the high, higher world. Now, when they combine, they become creator gods. They become creator gods because they get the power. They know the formula of creation. And similarly, if we talk about geniuses or inventors, we have heard it a lot of times. Uh, there are so many inventors, so many geniuses uh, who have actually talked about their inventions and how they came upon or, or how they received their formula of uh, their creation. And again, they always talk about that they received the formula of creation or formula of their invention through the dreams or through the visions or maybe when their mind was relaxed for a microsecond. So like the idea did not came from the mind. It came when their mind was not working. So the conscious mind was actually at a pause when it relaxed or when it was sleeping or when you know visions come, it kind of just become in a moment and that time your conscious mind is not working. Mm -hmm. So there are so many again, uh, so this formula of creation can be used. So if we have to tap into our creativity, creativity is like the, a step lower than the step of, you can say, enlightenment. Mm -hmm. So if I talk about enlightenment, the same path goes there. If I talk about creativity, the same path goes there. But yeah, creativity comes, uh, we can create anything. We are all creators here. But yeah, we have to reach that place, that level of cre that level where the real creations happen, where the evolved creation or the, where the ideas of those evolved creations are present. That's beautiful. Thank you. Well, how can people learn more and connect with you? Uh, yes. Um, so. They can connect with me on my website. Uh, it's divneetparlal.com. And, and I'll put that uh, in the show notes so that there's a link there. Right. And so on the website, uh, the book link is also there in case they want to get a copy of the book. And we also have the social media links. They can connect with me over there. Beautiful. So they order the book directly on your website? Uh, my website actually have the links for okay. all the retailers where the book is available. Okay, wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This has been really insightful. And um, I love this this formulation and, and the sort of pathway to helping people to connect to their higher levels of their mind, their idea mind. This is really important work for people to um to do to be on their path path of evolution as you mentioned so i really appreciate um everything that you're doing to help people to to evolve it's very important especially right now <laughs> yes yes thank you Kara. thank you so much for having me here absolutely so be sure to check out Divneet Kaur Lal. And again, I'll have all of her information in the show notes. Um, and check out Mastering Creation Using the Law of Unification. And thank you so much for tuning in. 
and supporting the Meditation Conversation podcast with your uh, subscribing and your rating and reviewing. Um, I appreciate it very much. And I look forward to the next meditation conversation. <laughs>